Welcome to the Cruising is Life podcast. Whether you're a seasoned cruiser or just starting out, we have something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and get ready to set sail with us on the Cruising is Life podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cruising is Life podcast. Uh, Justin couldn't make it today. He got stuck at work, but we are joined by Tyler. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, everyone? How's it going? Good to be here with my friend Brandon here as we talk Costa by Carnival. It's going to be what a episode here. A lot going on, of course, in the industry, especially with Costa with Carnival next year. They have a the brand new ship debuting coming up here in the next few months. So, Brandon, I'm excited to talk with you about this. Yeah, for sure. And it's still kind of like in its early phases, I feel like. So, because uh, I surveyed a little bit and a little bit with my community tab on on youtube and then on instagram as well and of course just being one ship and one you know particular home port you know it's just the venezia that's sailing right now so you know there's not a whole lot of people that have been on the venezia just yet or even tried cross by carnival but you know it's still something that's again like you said they're adding a ship next year over on the west coast uh which i feel like is kind of one of those markets that are going to end up being just like new york where it's not a whole lot of people are going to be trying it because it's over on the West Coast, but still, they are expanding. They're adding more ships, so that's be cool. I find it interesting, the West Coast. Okay, when I was here in Costa by Carnival, I was not expecting the West Coast to be an option, and the reason I thought so was they have the panorama already. And right. if you're not familiar with folks watching the podcast here, the panorama is not exactly Carnival's biggest selling ship. In terms, they're not selling, sailing most sailings 100%. So I find it odd that they're putting two Vista-class ships doing pretty much the same exact runs here. I mean, there, there's little variations, of course, but they're more or less the pretty much same runs in terms of the Caribbean, I mean, the Mexican Riviera over there. So I find it very interesting there that they're putting, uh, of course, the second one all the way over there in the West Coast, which, again, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I, when I heard that, I was a little like, huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I was surprised that they even put the panorama there in the first place, and like you said, it, it's not really a ship that sells out every single week the panorama is a great ship i will i will keep vouching for them to bring her over to the east coast here to florida i'd like to see her replace vista over here in canaveral but that's just me um or even just horizon over in miami or something but you know and with the recent struggles of the panorama going into dry dock i mean it just further proves that they just really need to put those ships over here um but yeah i, I was yeah, pretty surprising I was pretty surprised mm-hmm. that they they decided to put the Firenze over there. Um, so I guess we'll see how it goes because they're only dealing four and five night cruises over there. Yeah, exactly here. Um, and then they have also the Carnival Radiance over there in the same family doing the three and four night cruises. So again, I find it very interesting here with what Carnival is doing with their deployments with these two ships here. Mm-hmm. I am glad they're moving uh, the first one of the Costa by Carnival ships down to Canaveral. She'll be here this winter. No, not this winter, but next I'll winter. I'll be on her. 2024. And yes, Brandon is will be on her. I'm trying to go ahead and see if I can make it on. I believe the Fortnite cruise. I don't know if that's still sold out yet or whatever. But oh, that's I right. am keeping an eye out on that one. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get on her. Check her out. She's a really beautiful ship. And we'll get to talk about it a little bit later here. But yeah. these ships are some of the most beautiful ships in Carnival's fleet. And they really there's are. Some, nothing like Carnival has ever done with the Carnival fleet. So it's, a very again, very interesting mm-hmm. here. And that's the thing here. Like, as we said, with the title in the thumbnail of this video, should Carnival expand these ships or should they switch to another class with the cost of fleet? 
or should they get rid of them? Um, again, it's a very interesting, it's a heated discussion, as Brandon said with the, the survey we conducted in our communities mm -hmm. of the cruising is life. You know, it's people are split some ways or the other. Yeah, it's funny because I, when I surveyed on here on YouTube in my community tab, there was, I think, 60 plus votes, which was great. You know, I loved all the feedback, you know, about over 50% had not been on it and another 30% had no intentions on trying it, but then there was the 14% that have 8% really liked it and the six said they didn't. So it's an even split almost. And then on, when I surveyed on Instagram, it was about, I think I had three or four that said they had been and three or four that said they didn't like it. So it's, it's down the middle almost as far as, you know, what the surveys that I conducted for this podcast in particular Absolutely. It's a very split, again, because this is something Carnival has never done before mm -hmm. in terms of bringing these ships in. It's a very new concept for Carnival cruisers here, and actually hasn't been out that long, truth be told. Again, mm -hmm. the Carnival of Venezia has been sailing for some time, but again, she's, a, not, she's not a big ship, right? She's not like no Oasis-class ship, so she's not having... She is one of Carnival's biggest ships, of course, besides the XL class, she's part of the Vista class, which right. is one of their larger classes of ships, but... Again, she's sending it out of New York, which is, again, same with L.A. It's not a very popular destination. There's still a lot of people who go on them, but mm -hmm. it's not as popular as, say, your Florida ports, right? Yeah. So it is very, very interesting here to see, like, you know, the people's feedbacks here. Because New York cruisers also are a different, um, you know, market than what you normally would get out of Florida or Galveston, right? right? So it's a different clientele. Um, than what you would normally we see out of Florida ports. So it's always interesting to see what people think, right? Because, you know, the ship perception may change once she comes to Florida. Right. Um, and same thing with the West Coast. Once that ship arrives to the West Coast, people's perception on that ship can could change, um, again, with those different factors here. But I have heard good things from that ship. First, a very mm -hmm. unique experience, but I've also heard bad things from that ship. So, so again, it's, it's yeah. a mixed can of worms, to put the least. Yeah, and I think it's it depends on the type of cruiser, and I think, like you mentioned, the market. You know, different markets have different types of cruisers. You know, there's, yep. you know, people that sail over in Europe are completely looking for completely different things than people that sail over here, you know, out of, out of Florida, out of the U.S. And, you know, New York's a different market. That's a different group of people than you would get down here in Florida. It's different than what you would get over in Los Angeles, too. Absolutely here. There's that's the best way to put it here. There is a lot of differences between the markets. And again, I'm looking forward to seeing when the ship comes to Canaveral, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to really put it into that normal market that most cruise ships operate, which is right. the Florida itineraries, right? Because she'll be doing she does do a mixture of Caribbean itineraries to from right. you know New York City, but they're the longer ones, right? So right. I will be very interested to see how it plays out once there's a again a different shift in the markets, right? Because mm -hmm. she'll be doing also, I believe she's in the winter, if I'm not, if I'm not correct, Brandon, yeah. which is prime cruise season too, right? So yes, indeed. I will be very interested to see how it plays out here. Of course, the other one I believe is starting up sometime uh, earlier this year, in next year, I should say, in Los Angeles out right. of Long Beach. So I'm excited to see that one too, because that's going to be a whole different doing the four and five night cruises on that size of the ship, which is, I think, one of the first for Carnival here, because the Vista the panorama and the horizon they both do a little six and eight nights so a little longer itineraries mm -hmm. here so very interesting to see brandon yeah for sure and i feel like i feel like once the ship gets down here to canaveral it's i think carnival's biggest market is down here in florida of course you know they have their galveston ships things like that but i feel like their biggest market is here in florida 
So I feel like for the group of people that say they have not been on the Financia yet and want to try it, I feel like it is because the ship has only been out for a few months. So you really can't get a true judge of a ship until it's been, you know, a year, maybe two years. Um, and of course, you've got to have it in different markets too. You got to have it different places, you know, to let different crowds get on it. But overall, I mean, I, I would say a lot of the complaints or a lot of the things that I think people f have found negative about it are because it's a Costa ship. Yep. And I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's very heavy on the Italian, you know, factor. And obviously that's why they go fun Italian style. It's Costa by Carnival. This isn't your just everyday run-of-the-mill Carnival ship. You know, yep. this is not your every yeah this is just not your everyday carnival ship that you're getting on here when you look into that absolutely and that's one of the things i find interesting here right is when this was announced they didn't really give much details of course once they got closer to sailing they finally mm -hmm. released like what they added originally they were saying we're not going to change the ship whatsoever mm -hmm. their tone kind of changed once they got a little closer they added a guy's burger joint which mm -hmm. kind of was a needed right that's one of the things right. I want to touch on here with the Carnival Luminosa here. This was kind yeah. of their first before Costa by Carnival, the official thing, was it. Because they brought transferred this ship from Costa here to the Carnival fleet, and they did nothing to it. So this was kind of right. like what Costa by Carnival is, right? They slapped the, the new paint on with the whale tail. Well, they didn't add the whale tail. They just slapped the whale tail colors to the funnel mm. of the Carnival Luminosa. But they didn't change anything. They didn't change any of the restaurants on board. They have, like, a burger joint. It isn't Guy's Burger. Yeah. It's not serving the same quality of food. Yeah. Right? So that's just one example here. But besides that, again, not many tweaks and changes made with the Carnival Luminosa. However, with those other ships, the Venezia and the Firenze here, uh, those ships, they are, of course, modifying it a little bit, adding those guys' burgers as well as some other, mm -hmm. you know, Carnival Cruise favorites, but they're twisting it, right? They're putting right. a uh, Costa by Carnival twist on it, which is right. super neat to see. And again, they did a good job with that, I have to admit. That was one of the things I was very skeptical at when they were originally announced all this. So I was like, this seems more or less like they were just going to take some ships from another cruise line and throw it in their service, mm -hmm. call it by Carnival just to make some extra money, which... And it was kind of my big fear, but now I see it playing out. I see it's a lot more than what I, again, my, my fear didn't really come true with what I was expecting it to right. be. And I'm kind of glad it did because I'm actually kind of impressed of how well these ships have done uh, and just how great of a design change they've done, especially with Guy's Burger as well as some other spots which they carnivalized mm -hmm. it. But they didn't do it too much, right? They didn't change it 100%. Right, exactly. Like the the Havana area is still the original area that it was on the um, on the Costa Venezia, which is uh, the Teresa areas, and I think that's still the exclusive area, just like the uh, Havana area is. And of course, you know, switching over to like restaurants, like you mentioned, you know, they do have Guy's Burger Joint on the Venezia, which is great. You know, I, I again, I don't know why they didn't do that on the Luminosa, but that's kind of a story for a different day. Um, that's kind of exactly. what I was worried about originally. Whenever they brought the Luminosa over, they all they did was paint the Luminosa. You know, it they did a full transfer on that. That's the Luminosa is yep. not cost uh, costed by Carnival. That is a full on, quote unquote, Carnival ship now. You know, they all but they painted the funnel. The costed by Carnival ships, if if anybody has noticed, um, with the blue paint jobs, they all have the red stripes. But with the Costa Carnival ships. They have that yellow stripe to show that they're Costa by Carnival as well. But the Luminosa has the red stripe still. So yep. they really are treating that like a true Carnival ship over on the Luminosa. But it's not 
it, it just wasn't done quite right, and I think they did a better job. I I feel like the Luminos is more of a, car, or a Costa ship than the Venezia is, just because of you know they did make a couple good changes that they needed to make to make it a, feel more like Carnival. Absolutely here. Again, as you mentioned, that's a discussion for another day here, but it does tie in really well with like this whole episode, yeah. right? Like, Costa Bike Carnival, right? Again, that was what I was expecting, especially when we first, that came out kind of before this whole thing was really mm-hmm. launched. So that was kind of what I was expecting it to be, right? And again, was, oh, is there just going to slap a carnival name to it? Right. Call it a carnival ship, even though it's not really whatsoever one. I mean, of course, it's like the, that's one of the big things when it first came out too, is that's their whole thing. It's going to be basically the Costa experience, more or less, with carnival staff so you're going to have your favorite carnival you know staff whether your bartenders your cruise directors and your captains they're all going to be carnival staff so you know mm-hmm. you get that carnival level of service yeah. here but on a cost of ship so i was kind of a little bit worried about when i first first heard about it right was oh man they're just going to simply you know send these ships to north america slap some crew on put a new name up and uh still the same cost of you know, not experience, right. but the same Costa vibe and everything. But I'm glad, as you mentioned, they changed it up with Geisberger and things like that. Again, really well done job by Carnival Can See Ships. If you haven't seen the inside, folks, these ships oh, it's beautiful. are beautiful. Especially at the atrium area, where mm-hmm. like they usually have, like, I believe the font, what's what they call it? I'm the not Dreamscape. Carnival. Dreamscape, that's it. That big like, LED column that's on the Vista class, yeah. There's not that on the Venezia. It's that mm. it's like a, a statue centered yeah. piece here. Very Italian themed, of course, of Italy. Beautiful. Absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. I mean, photos don't do it justice. Uh, it's hard to explain. It is stunning. Right. And they even have in one of the main, there's two main dining rooms on that class of ship. And oh, one yes. of them has, it's not a, it's not actually water. They did a really cool LED effect with it to make it look like water. But they have, you know, just like a block in the middle of it, you know, sectioned off with like a little bridge over it. And they have a gondola sitting in there. So it really feels like you're sitting, you know, in Venice, Italy, which is really cool. You know, like that's not something you see on on the celebration. That's not something that's on the the panorama or the the conquest. Like, you know, these ships, yes, they now have carnival names to them, but they really aren't your true carnival ship. And it's such a weird mix too, because you're yep. you're mixing this very beautiful and high like luxury not luxurious Italian line, but a you know you get these heavy Italian vibes and just designs on a cruise ship, but then you're mixing it with Carnival, which hopefully I don't make this sound bad like towards Carnival. It's more of just like you know the Italian vibes and then just like the American market, just completely different. And then, of course, Carnival is known for, you know, the fun ships. They always got the really big parties, things like that. So you get a crowd that loves to party, usually, on a Carnival ship. So it's yep. it's very strange that you're, you know, you're putting that party crowd that you would typically would assume or kind of associate with, with Carnival. You're putting that certain demographic and crowd on this really nice italian ship too yeah that was one of the biggest things that they were worried about when it was first coming out it was like mm-hmm. how is the crowd going to react to this elegance of a ship right the mm-hmm. ship is stunning and in more ways than one look at the lido deck mm-hmm. the lido deck is not your oh typical it's beautiful lido though deck. it looks like a city it does so, actually 
absolutely amazing. So that was one of the carnivals I was hearing from people on board, some buddies who were sailing on these cruises, was that was when they were talking to the carnival executives on board. That was their big thing. They were a little worried. Um, again, as you mentioned, not saying anything bad about carnival, but they were a little reaction about, is the ship going to be trashed? Of course, there's stories floating around the news here of uh, you know artwork being stolen. They were a little worried about that. Oh, that was on the legend. That doesn't matter. <laughs> We don't talk about what happens in the legend. (laughs) That was what the fear, though, was, right, Brandon? So I'm kind of glad to see, though, that the carnival crowd has respected these ships with what the elegance Mm -hmm. that they deserve, right? So uh, absolutely beautiful nonetheless here with these ships. And I'm so glad Carnival uh, has been able to have these ships in their fleet. Hope they're working out well for them. Because we're going to get to this a little later in the podcast here, but maybe down the road we can see some XL-class ships maybe join the fleet. Right, for sure. And, yeah, it seems to be going fairly well for them. You know, I I have a a friend, some of you may know him, Robbie, that cruises NCL more than a lot. But he's (laughs) he actually just booked his second cruise on the Venezia. He's doing a 10-day on it now. And so, I mean... Is somebody that's very heavy on Norwegian cruising, you know, but coming back for a second round on the Venezia, it, and from what I, what I heard from him was, you know, it was, it felt, everything kind of felt like a carnival ship. It was just kind of that little, you know, Italian sprinkle and vibes to it all too. But it, overall, it feels like a carnival ship from what, at least I heard from him. And, you know, yeah, we, maybe we're not the best people to speak about it because we haven't tried it just yet. You know, I'm I am booked on the Venezia. I just not sailing on her for quite a while, but you know, so it is something that not either of us have experienced firsthand. But it is something that you know, exactly. kind of just going off the crowd's reaction to this point. Exactly. Well, me and Brandon may have not sailed it, but we've seen many YouTube videos. We've seen many things on the internet, so we get a good grasp of what's. Mm. Uh, happening here so uh, again yeah these ships are are very very beautiful here again i am very interested to see the future of these ships right again how long are these going to stay in the fleet i know they're hopefully stay many years right right but again if what if costa rebounds that's a question i want to throw out here what if costa yeah. rebounds well they're 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 needing this capacity do you see everything's getting transferred back or is this uh what are we seeing here that's this is a hypothetically Costa went back from Costa's not doing so well right now for the folks who aren't familiar. But what say hypothetically, right? Costa goes back to doing just as good as Carnival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I feel like at that point they're they're going to need the capacity. So it really it depends on how how much they need the capacity for. I feel like honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if you know the next major dry dock for both of these ships we see maybe not Sky Riot. Skyride itself added to it, but you know, we might get, you know, maybe it'll just completely become, you know, a carnival ship and they'll put like a whale tail on it or something. Or I don't, I don't know. I, I would say if Costa rebounds and, you know, starts being very successful again, like it was pre COVID, I, I would say maybe one or two of them go back. I don't know if they'll send all of them back because I know it's going to cost a lot for them to yep. do it all. But it just, I guess it just really just depends on what exactly they're needing capacity-wise. Because for those who don't know, you know, during COVID and kind of pre-COVID, uh, Costa was starting to hedge a lot of their ships and kind of hedge the market for um, for Asia. And actually, Venezia was a Asia 
specifically built ship. Uh, the Firenze was, of course, a little different because she was more for Italy. She was sailing the Mediterranean like most Costa ships. Um, but Venezia was a Asia-built ship or purposely built for Asia in that Chinese market. And, you know, they had, I think, the Pacifica over there. They had a, they had quite a few ships over there. And I think that I came think back to burn them. The, yeah, also, I think that the Atlantica, which is now going to be the Margarita of Sea Islander, to end different podcast for mm -hmm. another day here, but that ship was also going to be sailing with uh, Carnival Corporation. It wasn't sailing through Costa, but it was sailing through the new uh, yeah. Chinese, yeah, the Chinese venture here. So, again, the yeah, Carnival had the Costa, I should say, should had a very big, you know, they were doing really well in the Asian sector uh, yeah. here. And then it's kind of changed what's COVID hit, of course. Right. So it is very, very interesting uh, to see the future here. I do find it very, very interesting of what will happen here with these ships. Right. Again, they're doing really well for Carnival, it seems. Again, we should know how well, well that really is once they get the second ship online. And maybe mm -hmm. if that does really well, we'll segue into this subject right here. Maybe we could see an addition of an additional ships for the Costa by Carnival fleet. Brandon, what do you think are these ships or what classes are they going to be? What type of ships? What are you expecting to see if, you know, these two ships do really well for Costa, uh, Carnival? Uh, will Costa by Carnival continue? Um, I... I... Definitely think a third ship is warranted. I think it is definitely something that they should look into, um, especially with the, you know, there is no true cost or no true carnival ship coming out after the Jubilee for further notice, at least, you know, not, not to say further notice, but we don't really know what their next project is. And there's nothing on order that is public knowledge, at least. So, you know, yeah. I would say it's inevitable that we get at least one more. Um, I think the Firenze would do really well up in Alaska, you know, as a mm -hmm. seasonal thing, you know, the fours and fives out of LA during the wintertime and then maybe move her up to Alaska. I also think maybe, I don't think the Pacifica would be the first one that I would think of that they transfer over, but I think it, they, they definitely could use a Costa by Carnival ship over on Alaska doing seasonal sailings on the, over there. Uh, and then, you know, bring one over, you know, seasonally for, you know, put one in, Put it over in Galveston um, during the winter time. I would put the Pacifica over there. Um, yeah, that would be a great idea. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think they do need one that's year round here in in um, in Florida as well. I think it'd do a lot better than having the Venezia seasonally, which um, I think they did confirm that it is going to be seasonal for Venezia being here in Canaveral because they did update their itineraries recently, and it showed that Venezia will go back to New York after the uh, winter season of 24 into 25 when uh, she comes into Canaveral. Which makes a lot of sense here, right? Because the, the weather in New York isn't the most pretty in the wintertime, so no. having her seasonally in Canaveral, uh, Florida could be other ports like uh, Miami here mm -hmm. in the future. Um, it makes a lot of sense, right? Again, as one of these these ships, they're not exactly cold weather ships. They're not no. like warm weather either, like a hundred percent, right? But they're not right. These actually are better weather. for these actually are better for yes. cold weather um, rather yes. than the regular carnival ships, and that's why I feel like um, Firenze or even just you know if they were to transfer over the Pacifica, I don't know why the Pacifica is coming to mind, um, but these ships are built for a little bit colder weather. Um, yes. Unlike the other Vista class ships, the Venezia and the Firenze both have that retractable roof that is seen on the back of the Conquest class and the yes. Destiny class ships. 
The only thing is they have to do still have water slides and uh, things like that here. Mm. So still some things that are uh, right. a little make a little bit more uh, warmer weather. Not, not 100% yeah. warmer weather, right? But they're, again, um, still, as you mentioned there, they still have some winter elements too. So kind of mm. like what you see with like the Quantrum Ultra class kind of brings it up to here, you know, like you put the Odyssey up in New York. So it's very interesting to see the, the mm. deployment with these ships, right? Because there is only again two of them right now hopefully as as brandon saying maybe we get the pacifica other ships like that again it could be some other ones in the cost yeah. of fleet being transferred over um maybe we could see an xl class ship i i would be very interested to see that yeah. i think because again carnival has been a really smash hit with the xl class with the mardi gras celebration of course jubilee starting up in a few weeks here out of galveston mm -hmm. um so again i think it is very interesting to see here if maybe in the future maybe we can see uh, one of the other XL class ships in Carnival's uh, fleet, of course, with the Carnival Corporation, be transferred to Carnival by Costa. So, again, uh, we'll be interested to see. Brandon, do you have any thoughts about maybe an XL class ship joining the Costa by Carnival fleet? Uh, oh, absolutely. Or maybe you don't think it's going to happen anytime soon? Absolutely. I think, actually, I've been mentioning the Pacifica so much. I actually feel like we would get Smeralda before any other ship. Um, okay, it's yes. It's just... I think it goes back to when I mentioned, you know, they do need a year-round ship here in Florida, I feel like, to get a really a true feel of whether or not Costa by Carnival is, is something that could be successful for them. Uh, not that it isn't, uh, but I feel like they should put, you know, one of these ships year-round here in Florida to get a really a good feel for, you know, how people would truly react to these ships. But I would like to see... Absolutely. I would like to see the Smeralda maybe, you know, running Sunday sailings out of Port Canaveral or running, you know, the Saturday sailings out of Miami, you know, for seven days. I, I've i mentioned it in the past that I feel like, you know, that's something that they could do um, when it comes to competing with Royal Caribbean with, you know, the pace that they're putting out new ships right now. Yeah. And of course, they're at this point, they're dominating the, the short cruise market. And we always bring up these short cruises, I feel like, in almost every podcast, but you know, if they if they really wanted to try to compete, you know, with Celebration Key that they have coming up, you know, their little islands or their private area that they're going to compete with Coco K with, you know, I feel like if they're going to try to compete with Utopia of the Seas on three and four night cruising, I feel like they could they could put Mardi Gras over there. I still think they should put a Dream Class, but that's a little little different. Um, exactly. But I feel like they could put a dream class or the Mardi Gras on these three and four night sailings going to celebration key and to replace her on the seven night sailings, they put the Costa Smeralda or, you know, the Toscana or something, you know, I, I feel like it's, those aren't ships that are going to be on three and four night sailings. That is not a, going back to our, us mentioning, you know, it's kind of a weird crowd and vibe that you're mixing with, you know, Carnival and Costa just being these really nice, you know, luxurious looking Italian ships. Then you, there's people that are stepping onto these expecting a Carnival ship, you know, these big party crowds and they see this big fancy ship, which like, great. But, you know, I don't, I don't think the Toscana is built for a, a party crowd for three nights, you know. So I feel like yes. it, if they were to come over and they were to do something like that, they need to move the actual carnival ships to the three and four nights and the cost of yep. ships, the sevens, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point there. Yeah. I think that again, those ships, I personally could never see them doing the three and four night cruises yeah. with, uh, you know, with carnival out of Florida. 
Because, yeah. yeah, as you mentioned here, those are two elegance of a ship. These ships are just super elegant. Like, that is one of the things I am very impressed with, and with especially with the newer ones, like the Smeralda here. Those ships could definitely be seen replacing maybe the Mardi Gras or the Celebration, doing those shorter cruises while the Mardi Gras, the Celebration. Those ships are a lot more party. You know, you got the roller coaster. You got mm -hmm. that amazing Lido deck meant for those partying, you know, especially with that two-story tiki bar on the Mardi Gras and Celebration. Mm -hmm. Those can slide really well into the three- and four-night cruises mm -hmm. versus, yeah, you can probably put one of these, maybe the Casa Smeralda, Costa by Carnival, maybe year-round seven-night cruises, Canaveral, Miami, the other ships yeah. doing the three and four night cruises because that's really the only way carnival can compete with that and again three and four night cruises if you haven't checked out already our podcast we did a podcast a while back on this channel the cruising is like podcast where brandon and justin spoke about the short cruises and what the future is so go ahead and check that podcast it is a great listen yeah and jumping over to uh, our chat here dimitri actually said i think carnival carnival cost or costa by carnival would do really well in the lesser markets that the you know carnival's not really in and i feel like that's probably you know part of what they're doing is they're supplementing that um that new york city market because they usually do put one ship there year round or not year round but you know throughout the every summer usually one ship goes up there i think last year it was the magic um so i, I definitely think that's something that they are looking to do and that they're trying to do and and who knows maybe their idea behind putting the firenze over in la you know that is that is one of the slower markets as well for Carnival and just for every cruise line. Uh, but I feel like, you know, that could give them a little bit of leverage to pull the panorama out of there to put her over here doing something else. Yes. Yeah, so I definitely I definitely right. agree with that. That's a very good point. And that's probably, you know, part of what they could do. And, you know, if they were to do more, I wouldn't be surprised if they put, you know, say they did the, the Carnival Smeralda or, you know, carnival toscana or whatever it is you know they could do they could do mediterranean itineraries during the summer that's mm. not out of the question yeah, either absolutely. it's not something yeah, that carnival does there. often but you know with a ship like that you know there are there are carnival cruisers that want to do european cruises and usually they're limited to you know one lately it's been the legend or this you know a spirit class ship you know so it, it it's definitely something that they could experiment with too is you know getting a third ship and putting it over in the mediterranean for the summer yeah mediterranean would be a good fit northern europe too i don't know how they would react especially that ship but northern europe mm -hmm. but yeah those ships could fit really well i know carnival before uh, the whole shutdown was supposed to have the magic do a european season that mm -hmm. didn't really end up happening because of the whole shutdown incident yeah but no definitely could see these ships you know them bringing a third ship in having it do the caribbean in the winter and then Europe or another warmer itinerary, maybe South America, something like that. I don't know if doesn't really do South America, but maybe ideas like that. You get you know the warmer weather climate in the um, summer months, um, mm -hmm. so that would be a perfect idea here. Here and again, a lot of good things here that they could do. And there's that there's endless possibilities of what cost like carnival could become here again it's just getting started to put it this way again we should know once the second ship enters service how well carnival cruisers react to these ships right because then right. one ship you get a don't get exactly the best you know judgment you get a little bit of like right. you know, okay um, this is working but once you get two ships selling from polar opposite coast of the united states then mm -hmm. you can really grasp okay people are really digging it or this you know, demographic of the side of the country is versus this side, not so much here. Right, exactly. And 
you know, it really don't feel like we have a good idea of, you know, the true success. I mean, it's been less than a year. I think the Venezia was transferred over back in April or May, if I'm not mistaken, or sometime this summer. So like that, yes. we really don't have a true idea just yet. You can't really judge the success of a cruise line and a cruise ship just off of the first couple months. You can, unless you're experimenting like this, you know, say this was a brand new ship for, you know, Kof Kof, you know, Norwegian Viva, you know, if, but, you know, you can't really judge the success of a ship based off of the, the first few months unless, you know, there's just nobody talking about it, which I hear more about the Carnival Venezia than I do the Norwegian Viva, but that's, you know, that's oh, my yeah. thing. Exactly. Yeah, that ship just came out. It was just it just came out. It came been out for a few months by now, and just yeah. had its naming ceremony. And even that, I mean, you hear about the ship doing the cruises from Miami, but once she's going to Puerto Rico, which I think is in a few days, yeah, yeah. I haven't. Nope, nope. Died off again. What carnival? Uh, I mean, what's Norwegian Viva? What uh, carnival Venezia though? Oh yeah, you hear about that ship all the time. That's it's in right. the news. Supposed it's not for the good reasons, but it's in the news a lot. It's in. Uh, also, a lot of good, like, positive vlogs about this ship. I yeah. mean, I see a ship all the time, wherever I look on the internet, you know. So it's a, a very, very interesting vessel here and a really top popular vessel in terms of people talking about it. Sometimes yeah. I actually hear more about the Carnival Venezia than the Carnival Jubilee, and that ship's coming out here shortly. Right, exactly. And I think it's it's one of those things where I really feel like you have to do your research uh, if you're going to sail on the Venezia, because half of the complaints that I see people make about the Venezia are because it's a cost ship. You know, it's certain things, certain quirks of the ship that are just different than a normal carnival ship. You don't, you don't normally get that on a carnival ship. It's just little things here and there, and it's it's more just like yeah, but you're on a you're on a cost ship. You're not on a true carnival ship. And you know, if you if you look at it that way, then yeah, obviously it's going to be like that. Absolutely. Yeah, again, you have to make sure when you go into it, same thing when you go on like other cruises, you know, you got to go in with an open mindset and you also got to go with the mindset that, okay, this is not going to be your, your, you know, your stereotypical carnival cruise, right? It may be some bits and pieces you know, like a guy's burger, your favorite cruise director, mm -hmm. your favorite bar staff. They may be on the cruise, but right. the ship itself is going to feel a little bit different right. than what you're normally expecting from Carnival. And that's right. kind of the thing that I was again, hearing from the executives from my friends and contacts here was that that was a big thing. They need to make sure people were able to know that, yeah, this is not going to be your stereotypical Carnival cruise. It's going to be your same elements, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be the same exact experience 100%. They're going to try to get as close as they can get. Mm -hmm. But again, with the decor and the overall vibe of the ship, it's going to be a little bit different. But still, again, that classic carnival experience on a little bit of a twist. Right, exactly, for sure. And that my, I think, you know, with that in mind, my head immediately goes to somebody that's booking their very first cruise or their very first, yeah, I guess their very first cruise. Because if they were, you know, a second, third time cruiser, they probably have heard about Carnival and Costa by Carnival at this point. So I'm really thinking about the first-time cruiser here. You know, first-time cruiser, they, they hear all about Carnival. They hear, you know, the fun ships. They see all these deck parties on YouTube. They see all of this, you know, the craziness that happens on board. And, you know, not the, not the bad craziness, but, you know, yes. just, you know, yes. the fun, the crazy activities, you know, sky ride, roller coasters, all this and that. And then they mega get on... Party, yeah. Right, the mega deck parties. And they get on to... So they book it. 
they book it expecting that they expecting this crazy you know ship with all of this on it and they get on and they're the, they're just on this very fancy italian ship and they're like that's not what i heard online that's not really what i was expecting from carnival so it's you know somebody that's been on carnival before or somebody that's you know two three four time cruiser they probably know and they kind of get an idea but it's more of like the very first time cruiser is really where i start to think like somebody's not going to be really expecting that when they think of a carnival ship and they book a carnival ship unless they you have to know what you're getting into exactly because carnival doesn't really market they market the venezia a lot but they don't market as much as they market you know the, the xl class right so right. that's the funny thing too with other cruise lines right when i was a little bit younger right I used to watch these ads on television, like you see at the Royal Caribbean, they show like the, the top of the line, the, the Quantum class, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go on, let's say you go on the, the Radiance, and you're like, well, there's no skydiving simulator, there's no, uh... so that's right. the kind of thing, right? You got to make sure when, I think Carnival, they sometimes, every cruise line has to work on this, you know, kind of market oh, the whole project together, right, to mm-hmm. the public, because some people, again, when they look at that, they'll see, oh my word, the Carnival Cruise is fun, why? Because they got the, the Sky Ride. Um, and then the Venezia right. have, like, for example, the Sky Ride, right? So they gotta, again, people have to know when they're booking these ships that there's something different, right? But different right. in a good way, like, right? Sometimes right. change is good, and in this case, it is because it right. is very beautiful, right? It's a very elegant ship. I would kind of compare these to like a celebrity ship, right? Compared to like the yeah. the upper elegance of design. Yeah, at least from a design a design standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I, uh, you know, it, it does. It feels like a luxurious Italian ship when you step on board these things. And it's, yeah, it's just so much different than your standard carnival ship. And I think that's also probably why, you know, going back to Dimitri's chat earlier from, uh, you know, they probably could put these in the lesser markets because not your everyday carnival cruiser probably wouldn't be going to these lesser markets or sailing from these lesser markets like New York City, say Europe, Alaska. Um, because another chat in here says would Costa de Le- or Costa Deliziosa go for Alaska, and I, I feel like that you know that's another thing they could do something like that. They could put a Costa ship over there. I don't know about the Deliziosa in particular because they already have the Luminosa, um, which are exact yeah. si- sister ships. But you know, I feel like a Costa by Carnival ship, given that they are built, those Costa ships are built for colder weather climates too. You know, a lot of them primarily sail Europe year-round, you know, whether it's northern, well, not northern Europe year-round, but they definitely sail Mediterranean year-round, and of course, northern Europe as well, you know, in those colder climates. So they have those retractable roofs to go over. All of them, I believe, except for maybe, I think the Magica was the only one that didn't have it, or that, I think the Magica, and I think there's one other that's identical in that class, but it's... They all have that retractable roof. Even the Dia Demo, that ha- that's the Dream Class ship, which is another one that we might get. You know, I feel like, you know, the Venezia and the the Firenze being Vista Class ships, those are good starts. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Dia Demo is one of the ships, too. You know, that's that's well, yeah, a definitely. very good I possibility, a lot actually. Of ships transferred. Yep. Yeah. I, I feel like we would probably get the Dia Demo and the Smorala. Those are probably be the next two ships that we get. Um, and absolutely, I, I, because another one of the dream class ships I think would do phenomenal, right? And it would be right. absolutely great for them. 
for carnival and then another XL class, another thing. Four right. and four would be would be pretty much it if we get both those two ships here. Um, the Dream class is a beautiful class of ships, mm -hmm. right? The Carnival Dream, Carnival Magic, Carnival Breeze. If, again, there's a design change, right, between mm -hmm. the, the Dream and the Magic with the Breeze, of course. That was when Joe Farkas uh, kind of said uh, that was his last to build with the Carnival, uh, I believe, Magic, I think was the last one. And the Breeze yeah. kind of had no hands uh, whatsoever in, yeah. to dissolve. Same sure class, though, so... Yeah, I okay, think that yeah. the Magic was his last project, but the Dream, being the same class, it pretty much everything carried over because that was the design. You really can't change too much in the same class of ship. Um, yeah, yeah the only so big change was the yeah, decor, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the decor, and I think that was a change for the better. If you look yes. at the if you look at the design for um, the Dream and the Magic, and then you compare it to the Breeze, the Breeze has these very bright vibrant colors whereas you know there's more darker colors you know on the other older ships and things like that so i think that was a very good change for sure that carnival started making that kind of shift um, because the breeze has one of the nicest atriums in my opinion of course and then going next oh, yeah. to like the uh with the vista class i don't like that there's no uh glass elevators there but those that dreamscape there in the middle is makes it look really nice it just gives it that little hub feel that the atrium still gives. So it's, yep. yeah. That is one thing I do miss on uh, for Royal Caribbean, for example. We talk about them a lot, the Royal Caribbean. Right? That's one thing I don't like is that on the, the bigger ships, you kind of don't have an atrium anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big centerpieces I love on with older cruise ships, right? They have that more atrium area here. You know, the bigger the ships they get, unfortunately, they don't have those anymore. But I just love that connection. You get those, you know, elevators running up. You have the mm. bar in the middle, usually really, really beautiful. And I kind of missed that on, again, the bigger ships for every cruise line, unfortunately. Right. And they don't have that on the on the XL ships. And even yep. though they do have like an atrium type area, you know, the Grand, they call it Grand Central. They have that stage there that they do shows on. Which is really cool they have all the big led screens you know a lot of seating and everything you have the bars nearby so they have something similar you know but you don't get the elevators going all the way up the the span of the ship things like that yes and that's one of the things like example with the smeralda right each of those xl class ships are pretty much the exact same design in terms of nautical design right it's pretty much the same as like whole structure and you give or take a few uh, structural elements, right? Some of them have the, the flat bow in the front versus some right. of them have the traditional bulbous bow um, and things like that. But you, each area, pretty much each, you know, like, for example, the piano, like the Arvia and stuff like that, those have, like, a different style. They still have, like, the Grand Central area on mm -hmm. carnival ships, but those, instead of it being, like, a stage whatever, it's more of just an open glass window, right? So that's some of the things, like, again, different between the cruise lines here, but for the most part, that's another good reason why we think the Smeralda may join in the future is because, yeah. again, it's very similar to what everyone loves with the XL Classic. And the layout may be a little bit different, but same reason like why they're probably bringing in the Venezia here, right, to the cost of Iconal Fleet. Mm -hmm. That's why they did bring it in. It was because it was a very similar layout to the Vista class, which their cruisers love. Right, exactly. And I feel like that's probably a very good ship to test it out with, too. You know, they're not going all in with the Smeralda and their Toscana. They're not you know, they're not dipping their toes in the water with, you know, the Dulizioza or, you know, whatever their smaller ships are. I don't know how many yep. small ships they have. You know, it's not the Pacifica. You know, they're going in with a medium-sized ship and one of their more popular ships, and it's one of the more popular ship classes for Carnival. So it's it's definitely trying to, like, 
they're kind of like stepping in with both feet, but they're not, you know, they're not diving in, but they're not hesitant, you know, to try it out. So I think that that was a very good class of ship for them to do it with. I think Um, if I would say if Firenze is as successful as Venezia, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see the Smirala come over, Um, especially, you know, going back to the, you know, and I even see it in the chat here, you know, bringing you know, the XL class ships over for three and four night ships, you know, the Smeralda is not, again, not built for three and four night Bahama cruises, but the Mardi Gras yeah, and the Celebration, yeah, yeah. those would be great ships. If Carnival, again, wants to compete with the Utopia of the Seas on three and four night sailings and the Allure of the Seas on three and four night sailings, you know, that's the way to do it. That's really the only way they can. I always will preach that they should put a dream class on there rather than these Conquest class. Uh, but yeah, they need to. But if you, even with the dream class, they really still can't compete with with the Oasis class. Um, but Absolutely. the XL class can. The XL class can. They yep. can come close at least. Yes, that's right. Still no competition in terms of size, but the XL class, mm-hmm. even with you know Costa by Carnival or Costa Cruise Line with the Smeralda, mm-hmm. she does come pretty close to an Oasis class ship. She's not exactly the same size, right? They're still smaller, mm-hmm. like significantly still smaller, but still. That's the only thing Carnival could do to, again, level up their three and four night cruises to compete with Royal Caribbean and even right. Disney Cruise Line. I mean, Disney right. Cruise Line's putting these newer ships, right? Disney right. has the Disney Disney's always on that. doing the three and four night cruises. So, I mean, Disney's always on it, right? But yeah. these are still new tonnage, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something Carnival has to do. They have to say, okay, we're going to put an XL-class ship, even mm-hmm. though for them it's not as new as the Utopia, per se, but mm-hmm. they have to do that. And the only way for them to do that without, you know, removing one of the XL-class ships from a seven-night run in a market, again, whether they choose Miami or Canaveral to test out an XL-class with three mm-hmm. or four nights, that will probably determine where they're going to put this cost of a Carnival ship if they ever do put an XL-class ship in to replace, let's say, the seven-night cruises, which could be an option here, right? Because, again, they don't have to build another uh, XL-class ship in the Carnival fleet Mm-hmm. They can just transfer one of those cost by Carnival ships over, slap, the course, a new hull paint on it and all that things, and go ahead and off to the races here with a ship doing the seven nights while they put one of the other XL Carnival ships, whether the Mardi Gras or the Celebration, to doing the three- and four-night cruises. Right, exactly. And I'm wondering if maybe that's what they're trying to do with Port Canaveral and the Venezia is trying to test out the Florida market, see if the Florida market is actually willing and wanting something like that. You know, and, Absolutely. you know, and see it in the chat i see it in the chat here as well but like we mentioned earlier you know there's no new carnival ships for the foreseeable future for now so you know this this is something that carnival really needs to be looking at right now is you know they gotta they gotta stay with the market they can't fall behind right now you know again they're not they're not worried about norwegian i can tell you that but but royal caribbean royal caribbean is leaving them in the dust it on Every market, Alaska, they've got the Quantum class over there. Short cruises, yeah. they got the Utopia sailing these. They've got the Icon of the Seas running. I mean, just blows the XL class out of the water completely. You know, and just every too. yeah right. Europe, yeah, Europe's not something that Carnival normally does, but they take over in Europe over there with with the Odyssey, with the Voyager class. You know. They got multiple ships over there. They got ships. They got the Oasis running out of New York during the summer, which is a direct competitor now with the Venezia. Like Royal Caribbean in every single market is dominating Carnival right now. And it used to not be like yeah. that. I think the 
only cruise line besides like royal to dominate in the market besides and of course costa here in, in europe is well msc mm. and even that again uh, no competition i think the, the costa in europe their biggest competition is msc mm. that's um, why MSC, they're struggling right now tonnage. msc is not afraid to put new tonnage to use like they're putting new tonnage with markets that they're not like usually would put new tonnage and they're not afraid not afraid to invest which is costa again carnival again they're cut uh, the whole corporation I believe is cut with new builds. So mm -hmm. I think there's one more smaller ship for I think Seaborn, I think yeah. is getting a new build. I think in 25, 26. But besides that, X means no, they're not putting any new yep. new builds. So again, yeah. Carnival, if they need they've got new tonnage. I'm sure they will need it. They need to put that in. Yeah. I think they have the Star Princess, which is going to be the second sun class or the sphere yep. class, okay. like the sun. But after that, there's there's not much there. And they really need to look into it because, yes. yeah. It just, I know it, a lot of it, it, well, it is because of COVID. I feel like if COVID wasn't a thing, mm -hmm. we'd be seeing a lot of different, we'd see a different side of Carnival right now. That We'd probably see them being a little bit more risky for this. We probably wouldn't even see the Venezia in Carnival's fleet right now. Um, oh, yeah. I bet you if the whole shutdown didn't come, I bet you that we would never see Costa by Carnival. Would never happen. No. And I, the reason we're even seeing Costa by Carnival is because Costa is a little bit struggling, and that's primarily because of MSC. MSC has taken every risk they could possibly take to grow themselves. They're they're not afraid to do anything right now. MSC, they will Crazy. they will throw money at the wall and hope it sticks, and they will do it every day of the week. That is pretty much how they're doing it. Because they went from you know the ships like you know the Divina was you know a pretty good sized ship for them, yeah. and then the Seaside class was very successful for them. So they go okay, let's build a little bit bigger. Miravilia class, perfect size ship. Always anything between that 160 to 180 range, perfect size. So they built a Miravilia Plus, the uh, Virtuosa, and the Grandiosa. Yep. Those are 180,000 tons. Beautiful ships, great they, ships. My cat's well. attached to my sleeve right now. <laughs> no um, cats allowed in the studio here. No, no, that's why we have um, no cats allowed in the studio. <laughs> but then, then you got the, the world-class ships. You know, they went, okay, well... Let's just keep pumping out more of these every single year. By the way, while we're still doing that, let's pump out some two hundred thousand ton ships too. We're gonna we're gonna go for the Oasis class now. Not only are we go in for yeah. everybody's throats, we're gonna go for Royal Caribbean's throat here with the uh, with the Oasis class. We're gonna pretty much do the same thing. So and exactly. that pretty much what, is way. what caused Costa to start struggling a little bit is because mm -hmm. MSC is just being so risky and going with everything that and it's it's working for them absolutely like that's one of the things by the way this is one of the things i love about the world uh, america coming out it's going to be the predecessor to the world europa right hey the deck numbers i'm sure brandon i'm sure you saw oh that. yeah yeah have, like port canaveral as a deck i'm like if yeah. i'm going on this ship, i gotta stay at port canaveral deck you know there's like the seattle deck there's cute. the miami deck there's the port canaveral deck which is funny because they're not even going to canaveral but, you know, they have, like, know, just kind of American cities listed as, like, the decks. You know, you have the Lido deck with Carnival. You, you know, yeah, they have, like, the yeah. Seattle deck. It's it's funny. It's funny. It's it's funny, yeah, because, like, Port Canaveral isn't really, like, a, it's not a, like, Canaveral, the city of Cape Canaveral is, isn't, like, a, a major city, right? Mm -hmm. And they have, like, Seattle, New York, all these places, right? And then yeah. Port Canaveral, which I think is funny. But <laughs> back to stuff. the point here, right, about this Costa by Carnival, you know, MSC, they're just absolutely dominating. I mean, and that's yeah. one of the things, like Carnival, again, as we mentioned here, if the shutdown never happened, I'm sure Carnival wouldn't be as, you know, bringing these ships in. But unfortunately, that's the only way 
to get new tonnage in is to bring these other ships in. And what I'm interested, Brandon, and I'm not sure if you noticed here, but the cruise industry is thriving right now. I and mean, they're sometimes oh, it's back booming. as good as they were doing before the shutdown. You can look at the financials reports too. They are charged they can charge just as much for this inventory that they have, right? They can charge triple the rates, right? So I wonder if you know, Costa by Carnival is doing phenomenal, and co even Carnival, the whole corporation itself, is doing really well with Carnival Cruise Line. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they, because they need the extra capacity to make some extra money here, they maybe will transfer some ships to, again, the Costa by Carnival. Maybe, as you mentioned, transfer the Smeralda, because, again, we'll be interested to see after this year what their tonnage numbers look like versus yeah. their demand. So, again, I would be very interested to see that. Right, for sure. And like you mentioned, the, the industry is absolutely booming. And, you know, Icon of the Seas is kind of, I think, the front runner in that and kind of the leader of the pack there when it comes to the industry booming. But, you know, yeah, the cruise lines are putting out, you know, numbers, you know, guest capacities and numbers and rates and just everything is surpassed. 2019 was a record year for the cruise industry. It was the it was the best year for the industry ever. And in 2022 and 2023, we're beating 2019 numbers. You know, guest capacity is at an all-time high. You know, b bigger ships, yes. But, you know, the demand is there and the demand is growing more and more every single day. You know, and I think the cruise lines are marketing themselves very well, especially Royal Caribbean. But, you know, the demand's there. So Carnival, I mean, they've got they've got the, you know, these XL class ships, they got the Mardi Gras, they got the celebration, they got the Jubilee, but they got to keep pumping them out. If they're going to, they got to still, like you said, add tonnage to compete up or to compete with these other cruise lines. They're, they're just going to kind of fall. Exactly. That's one of the things I find interesting too, right? Brandon is during, you know, the whole shutdown thing, the, the carnival corporation, they were selling off ships left and right, left right. and right. And yet they're right now doing pretty much the same, if not better, because, of course, they brought these more ships into service. But they're doing numbers which are sometimes just as good as when they had twice as many tonnage, right? So, right. again, they're getting these bigger ships with more tonnage, right? But they're getting these – of course, they got rid of all the smaller ones. There's only two right. fantasy-class ships remaining, the Paradise and the Elation. Um, the only two with Azipods, which is, I think is uh, one of the reasons why they're still around, right, because of those Azipods. But – Again, those are the reasons of why Carnival is doing so well. They have these new bigger tonnage by cost mm -hmm. by Carnival, these new XL class ships coming in. So again, brings us back to the point I touched on earlier here. I will be not surprised if Costa by Carnival looks in and getting more ships to help Carnival Cruise Line as a whole uh, help really, you know, get their ability to sail with more numbers of passengers, right? Because right. at the end of the day, that's what cruise lines want. They want to sail with as many people as they can because at the end of the day, it's good for everyone, right? It's good for us mm -hmm. cruisers. We can go on more cruises. It's good for them. They make more money. It's mm -hmm. good for everyone all around. It's good for the ports because they have more ships coming in and out. So, again, it's a win-win having more ships come to these mainstream cruise lines because it's good for everyone in the supply chain, us as a consumer, and, of course, as them as the uh, cruise lines themselves. Right, exactly. And, you know, yeah, they, they did sell off a lot of older ships, but, you know, with these bigger ships, they're actually putting out better numbers than they were. You know, they're, yeah. they're having more efficient ships lately. You know, yeah, they got rid of six fantasy class ships, but these three XL class ships, they're not only are they running more efficiently, they're more cost effective, but they're sailing higher guest capacities with the three of them than all six of those were combined. Really? So it's just, you know, yeah, I mean, bigger ships are the future of the industry, and they're going to continue to be. But 
it's you know they sh- they really need to start you know putting out a little bit more just to kind of stay up and i think costa by carnival is a good way you know just given that you know costa as a brand is struggling a little bit so if they market these as co- or as carnival ships you know it really it not only boosts costa and it helps costa out with you know they can start running a little bit more efficiently and more effectively over there with a lower fleet or a lower fleet count but you know and then carnivals of course benefiting because now they have more ships they can advertise them as carnival ships so you know carnival ships just here in america they will they will sell and they they will always they will always you know sell carnival ships without a problem it's just you know royal caribbean might be dominating the market right now but carnival's not going anywhere anytime soon absolutely no that was one of the things too right again with costa by carnival it's still the costa cruise line is part of the carnival corporation umbrella mm-hmm. right so that's the thing too right again these ships are still making carnival corporation money so even if they transfer them to carnival which they're gonna make more money with transferring these ships i bet with transferring them to carnival than keeping them in the cost of fleet so that'd be another good thing too if carnival wants to pay off their debt a little more make more money back right. to what they were making before the shutdown here maybe if they transfer a few of these ships a little more quicker than they would to of course, uh, Carnival Costa by Carnival, maybe that will help the bottom line of the company, right? Because again, mm. they're still making money. These cruise lines all together will now help, like again, by transferring these ships, will mm. help pay off the company's debt. So I think it is something right. that's very interesting here and a good point, right? That again, maybe we see more of these ships getting transferred sooner because again, it's not like you're hurting Costa by you know removing these ships because you're still, I mean, you may have, the cost may not be selling as much numbers, but Costa will still have the ships for the itineraries that they their, their clientele wants to sail, right? Mm. And then they will cause, you know, Royal, not Royal Caribbean, but uh, Carnival Corporation, they're going to be phenomenal by this whole situation here, right? Because mm. they're still making money uh, from cruise lines. And if Carnival's bringing in more money, I guess, then that's unfortunately what has to happen. Right. And I think if they, if they leverage Costa by Carnival right and they do it, you know, they kind of go in with the right approach with it over the next couple of years – they can really they can really skyrocket themselves on the next true carnival ship project. You know, yeah. I, I feel like the next carnival ship project is I feel like it's gonna be announced soon. I would say probably within the next year we might get rumblings of the next generation carnival ship, whatever that may be. Um, but it would say I would say if Carnival can they can kind of put themselves in these smaller markets, you know, I I think the Something out of the Concordia class, yes, that Concordia, would do well over in Alaska, I think, uh, running alongside Splendor. Running Splendor, you know, a say the Pacifica is the part of the Concordia class. Um, then running the Luminosa and the Spirit, you know, that would be a really good, you know, that's a strong Alaska lineup. And then you still have the Panorama and the Radiance running down in, in there. So you've got... So you've got a Costa by Carnival ship running Alaska. Alaska. You've got one still down there, running the um, the four and five nights out of Los Angeles. You've got one up in New York. You can have one up down in uh, Port Canaveral or Miami, running seven night cruises. And you can leverage the XL class towards the the shorter itineraries to kind of try to compete a little bit with um, with Royal Caribbean on the Oasis class there. So it, if you can really kind of put in these little markets and Costa is big over in, in Europe. They, just because they're going to make a Costa yeah. by Carnival ship doesn't mean it has to come over here. They can do it. There's Carnival cruisers that want to go to Europe. You know, you put 
the legend over there during the during the summer like they normally do. Yes. But then, you know, you can put the run, quote unquote, Carnival Diadema, run that on Mediterranean sailings over the summer and then bring it to Miami over the over the winter. They can really absolutely they can really leverage these lower markets like like the chat mentioned earlier. You know, they can leverage these lower markets with these, you know, ships that are a little bit more cost effective for them because they're not building a brand new ship. They're using, you know, they're using their own ships out of a market that's struggling for them or out of a company that's struggling. So they're helping they're helping their smaller subsidiaries by helping themselves. Exactly. That's the point I mentioned earlier, right? Again, that there this isn't gonna cost also it's not gonna cost Carnival Cruise Line a lot of money to bring extra tonnage to Carnival Cruise Line itself, right? By the cost of a carnival brand. Mm-hmm. So it's only gonna cost them, I can't imagine what, a hundred million, hundred and twenty five maybe to put the you know, the what mm-hmm. they need to put to put make it cost of by carnival, right? Mm-hmm. So to transfer it from you know, costa to cost of by carnival, right? It's very mm-hmm. confusing with the wording here, right? Yeah. But again, that's one of the things that, you know, that's not going to cost them a lot of money to do. And that money that they're saving by getting new tonnage to their fleet, they can invest that money they would have spent, you know, building more tonnage to then work and design a brand new class of ships with, of course, mm-hmm. leveraging the other vessels in the classified carnival fleet to help fill in those itineraries um, mm-hmm. for older ships. Maybe that's the case. You know, they start taking some of the other, other older ones offline with these new other bigger Costa by Carnival ships coming into the fleet. Again, this all depends on just how successful this is, which we're all hoping here in the cruise industry that this is a successful long-term endeavor by Carnival. Right, exactly. And jumping over to the chat, um, someone, uh, Stu says, uh, MS, I could see MSC building even larger ships in the world class, and that's that's absolutely possible. And I think oh, absolutely. That's, that's something that I think Carnival is setting themselves up to as well. And I, I think going back to you know they they leverage these Costa by Carnival ships. They don't they don't need all of them. They don't need Costa's entire fleet. No, but no, yeah. If they were running four, four maybe a fifth one, I yeah, think it would be, right. I think it would be perfect for them to leverage themselves and you know let Carnival cook a little bit. And you know, I see Carnival's next class of ship and their next generation ship being two hundred thousand tons. If they, oh yeah, they really can put themselves in a good spot financially. If they did that, you know, they do these cost-effective, you know, ship transfers over from Costa. You know, yeah, maybe down the road they can send them back. Who knows? You know, at least one or two of them when they're in, when Costa's in a better position, or Carnival's in a better position where they don't necessarily need that anymore. Um, yep. But I, I think Carnival really can put a lot more time, effort, and just you know, just R&D work, you know, research and development as far as making their next ship the best it possibly can be. They they did phenomenal with the um, XL class from Carnival or the XL class ships, you know, whether it's the Carnival ones, Aida, P&O, Costa, like they're all incredible. They did such an amazing Absolutely. job with all of those ships. So if they can do if they can take what they've learned and what they've done really well with the XL class and improve on that and put it on something bigger. Don't make a XL plus ship, but make its own new next generation, not going from a dream to a Vista class, but an XL class to, you know, you know, a pinnacle project, not yeah. you know, a modern day I, pinnacle product project. 
I think for what a example good, you know, carnival would be to be like as you're mentioning here i think is to make it from like uh, oasis to like icon is a good example right mm -hmm. they're very similar like mm -hmm. kind of hull design but the ship themselves the way they've been designed you know they build on what they love people love the xl class so yeah as your point brandon there i think if they definitely would go ahead and you know not make an xl plus right but mm -hmm. make a redesign start from a, a blank slate mm -hmm. and see where they get right exactly and that that's probably I think what is most successful with the XL class right now is that Carnival has always had it, people call it the cookie cutter design. The Destiny class yeah. has the same layout as the Dream class. The Dream class essentially is just on the inside, feels like a stretched version of a Destiny. It's really weird to think of it like that, but every single Carnival ship, it's the atrium on deck three, you got the bar in the middle with the staircase right there. All the elevators going up. You know, deck four, you've got the photo gallery that just circles around that around that yeah. ring, basically. And then deck five, you have all the shops. There's a ring up there. There's a little there's a little hallway that leads into the casino. There's a, a candy store right here. And then the entire what is it the starboard side of the ship all the way down is a walkway. With the casino, you know, taking up the whole center and port side of the ship. Like, every single carnival ship is like that. Like, yep. Both of those, it's just longer, different. I, I just described the interior and design of 90% of their fleet almost. Uh, like, much. the Spirit, yeah, the spirit class is a lot different. Up. And, yeah. you know, the like, when I Absolutely. got on the Mardi Gras, I didn't feel like I was on a carnival ship because I was so used to that design. I just I didn't know where I was. I I just didn't feel like, not that I didn't feel like I was at home because I I felt right at home on a carnival ship. I I've still sailed with them more than anyone else, um, mm -hmm. but it just felt so much different, and I felt I felt like more of a connection to that ship because I truly have never felt lost on a carnival ship until I got on the Mardi Gras. It was such a cool experience just getting to like familiarize myself with something so different than what i was used to absolutely here no i'm excited i hopefully that they again eventually do eventually one day put the xl class with carnival doing the three and four night cruises because i would love to check it out mm -hmm. i don't want to commit myself to seven nights on mardi gras celebration or you like it just not yet but i mean i'm down <laughs> to go on it one of the first the first sailing is you know, carnival if you put the, the xl doing the three night cruise i may be on mm -hmm. one of your first sailings because that is literally probably one of the best like carnival ships in the past few years it's with the xl class i mean mm -hmm. they've knocked it out of the park with that class mm -hmm. of ship so again we're back back to our point with the xl class with costa by carnival here i'm excited to see what the future is for carnival's fleet as well as their future new builds, right? Because the future right. is bright for Carnival if they can manage to get out of most of this debt. Right, and, it, and they seem to be doing pretty well with all that, and so is yep. Royal Caribbean. Absolutely. You know, all the cruise lines, again, the industry is more successful than it's ever been. Pre-COVID numbers were the highest the industry has ever been, and we're already exceeding some of those 2019 numbers. So if, yeah, it's if crazy. Carnival can really... I, I say... I say add two, maybe three more. I say add add a Concordia class and add a add add the Smeralda or you know another XL class, you know, or add both the XL class, you know, and put the Fiorense up in Alaska seasonally. 
you know, it's yeah. they they have a di- couple of different ways they could really approach it, and I think you know, again, just these lesser markets or these markets that you know they don't typically go to, they can really do a good job with them because they're they're markets that probably would actually like the the Costa by Carnival idea. You know, the people that are going to Europe for a Carnival cruise, they probably would like Carnival enough to where they wouldn't mind being on a Costa ship you know, a cost of ship at heart. You know, so vice versa probably too. Yeah, exactly. So there's, yeah, I think they could use probably, probably two, maybe a third cost of my carnival ship, you know, on, in addition to the two Vista class ships that we're getting, um, and then just kind of go from there and they really can help themselves make sure their next project, whenever that is, it could be the best possible project you can ever get. Absolutely. No, it's 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 really yeah. is great. I mean, as you mentioned, you're not a cool thing about them. If they do do that split season in maybe Europe or something, the you know Europe fans or the people from you know people who like Carnival Corporation, while well, it's mm-hmm. Costa, people who love Costa will know you know Costa by Carnival because mm-hmm. it's kind of the same ship, right? Right. Maybe different crew and but other than that, it's pretty much like the same ship in the same environment. So people will feel at home from Europe, right? For the Europeans when they go on these ships, and then the Americans when they come over mm-hmm. or people from other areas of the world. And wherever that is, when they come on board, they'll be like, oh, it's the carnival experience. I sort of know. So I think it will do really well, especially if we do get that ship that does that, you know, split season. It does the, the winter in the Caribbean and then the Mediterranean in the summer months. I think that is a perfect idea there, Brandon. Right, exactly. And, you know, it going, you know, again, it just it puts them in such a good position for their next project. I'm not I'm not saying that Carnival needs to go out and build something bigger than the Icon. But they oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they should build something that's comparable in size to the Oasis class, I think. Absolutely. Two two twenty two thirty. I think it's time that Carnival mm-hmm. builds something not only over two two hundred, but I think something two twenty two thirty is something that could really say, "Hey, we're Carnival. We're back in business, baby. We're ready to go. You know, we're here to we're here to compete." You know, I Absolutely. I think that is it could really put them in a good position. You know. I feel like it would be amazing if they ever put that monorail design that they had on the Pinnacle project. I think oh, yeah. that would be really cool if they did something like that. But I think there's there's just a lot of different things that really could work in their favor if they continue to do Costa by Carnival and they continue to do it right. Pinnacle project was so ahead of its time. I it mean, really was. Look at some of the similarities between the Oasis class and Project Pinnacle, right? And Oasis class was a few years after the original mm-hmm. designs were yeah. made of the the Pinnacle project, right? The split superstructure, mm-hmm. kind of the 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 after with the cabins, you know, leveled down, kind of like the Aqua Theater suites mm-hmm. here. Um, of course, you got the others, you know, similarities. But Pinnacle project has some other crazy features. Like I think I'm not sure, Brandon, you correct me on this. I you know the Pinnacle project a lot more better than I do, mm-hmm. but it had had like a, a lazy river which yes is like, it did that's never been done that still hasn't been done today still hasn't been done fun fact they looked disney yeah. disney looked into doing a lazy a lazy river on their dream class but they they couldn't get the decks they just isn't enough deck space for something like that but yeah. on something you know the size of an oasis class an icon class you know this you know if carnival is to do something that's two hundred and thirty thousand tons you know that's something they could do I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a lazy river. It's nothing like huge and exciting like a roller coaster, but like a lazy river's never been done. And there's people that could literally just sit in one of those things all day long. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the closest thing ever been done on a cruise ship to a lazy river. So I'm not sure if you were on the lore, if you noticed it, but at the H2O zone or the yeah. kids zone, they had that round circular. I used to play in that. Like the lazy river, but nothing, <laughs> still, nothing out of all these years, you yep. know, with the icon, even with the icon, they didn't put a lazy river and they put the water slides. It was yeah. just super cool. Right. But mm-hmm. again, pinnacle project well ahead of its time. So we're going to have to wait, wait and see and see what Carnival cooks up for their next design of yeah. this uh, amazing ship coming, hopefully sometime before 2030. Yep. So with our, so we're going to begin to wrap it up here. So with our closing statements, cost it by Carnival, keep them, ditch them, add more. What do you think? I'm personally, I think we keep a few of them. Uh, I think we add more. But when I again, I think when we add more, we don't add more Vista class. I think we add. Yeah. Well, there's only two. XL. We got we both go of them. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I think when we go XL, we go we go all the the big boys and we go all the way home. Yep, I, I definitely agree. I definitely I definitely say add more at least one of the XL class ships, if not both, maybe a Concordia class. But, um, but yeah, I think if Carnival, Costa by Carnival continues to be successful with the two Vista class that we got or that we're getting, add at least one, um, if not both, XL class, maybe one more after that. But, and they, I think Carnival could really put themselves in a good position. Oh, they can do a phenomenal position yep. if they did that. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. For those who watch this live here on YouTube, and thank you all for listening to this point. If you're watching this or listening to this later on, if you're listening on Spotify or any other podcasting apps, but um, but that'll be all for tonight's stream, all for tonight's podcast. Thank you all so much again for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. Hey, have a good night, everyone. <laughs>